Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. A grain of rice, a, a grain of rice, is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. A grain of rice, TJ, but uh, how are you? We're, we're back. 2022 gets going. I know we've had a show, all right, but... Uh, Properly back, I suppose, with the league's back next weekend. And uh, great, great to be back with you. Um, we try and keep it to the hour, which never happens. But um <laughs> like to welcome the guests, uh, TJ, uh, Ken. How are we doing, Ken? Not too bad, Dalo. Good to be back. Good, good, good to see you, Ken. And uh, the Nari now moved to the south side, <laughs> Mr. Sean McGrath. How are you, Shawnee? Good, Dalo. How are you, boy? I'm all right, bye. I'm all right, kid. Look at that look, says Landos. Look at that look. <laughs> That's a good one, TJ. You're, you're, you're not the Sean Mac, Sean Mac that um, Reggie refers to, no? Sean no, that's Sean Mike, Sean Mike. Oh, Sean Mike, is this one? Yeah. Sean, just on that, like, you, 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 you're a Southsider now, yeah? You're not a Nari anymore. No, I've changed the accents now. I know, Dale. Um, I'd have the uh, and I have the three point four million per mention as well on the Black Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt you. I wouldn't doubt you. Um, but uh, Reggie gives your native uh, home in the north side a bit of a hard doing, doesn't he? And he's yeah, Reggie. Yeah, he's after freezing. He's after freezing. Yeah. <laughs> he's after freezing. I think Reggie's got to. He got caught there. He. he he took the Mickey out of a, a camogie match between the Glen and the Piercing, the Norries, and I think I think now Shani has him caught uh, to, to referee a game. He's back. What is your back, Shani? I am. Yeah, Reggie's I am. going refereeing. Is he? I was just I was just saying. I, did, I didn't think I'd lose connection with such a big house. Sorry, Dela. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in West Clare, like, come on, kid. We can barely pay the USB, let alone the broadband. <laughs> he, um, we met him on Saturday by chance. Mary Sheen is the chairwoman of. Um, Glenn Camogie, but last week Reggie's was on about um he was on about the ferocity of battles down in the north side here with uh, the Glenn and Piercing under twelves Camogie playing matches. He was comparing it to the Ukraine and Russia, I think. But I think he admitted or uh, agreed to referee a game sometime in the next couple of months between both sides. So that'd be interesting. <laughs> Get him tugged out. I don't let him out of the place without bringing him to Dino's or one of them places. Looney's <laughs> <laughs> chipper and Mayfield's finest boy. Ken, how are things in, in uh, Tipperary? How are you? Uh, oh, first of all, I suppose I'd have to say to you, we weren't talking to you since I was listening to Midlands Radio and you had Belly Hill bait uh, and with Rhinos. And uh, yeah. they, come up, they come up with a way of getting there, don't they? Somehow, Jesus. I mean, I know that yeah, we talk about the Thomas's couple, one, but yeah, your just, one was nearly worse. Similar, very yeah. similar type uh, situation. Very similar type situation. We had a chance to make it four points, and they got a long-range free. It flew in over the defence. It was 62-44, lads, on the clock, 63 minutes. And Connor was coming out. Connor probably should have claimed it, the goalkeeper, outstanding keeper. Ben had a great game at centre-back, you know, tied up TJ brilliantly. And uh, just between the two of them, there was slight miscommunication, but Ben flew it out for 65. And there was no need. The pressure wasn't there. Um, and as you well know, when a 65 lands in the square, anything can shag and happen. 
And that's exactly what happened. Ball landed in the square and it didn't even hit the net. Just get got, got over the line. And the rest is history. Then they came out 15 against 15 in uh, extra time and obviously were on, on fire. TJ hadn't scored until the 54th minute from play. And as you can see what he did the last day, it was so similar to the last day with us, you know. Um, the sucker punch just at the end. Um, Ballyhale and Shamrocks, they keep playing. They have that resume of experience behind them. They know exactly how to play out the game. But more importantly, they have the go-to players. You know, they have a marquee forward line. Obviously, they're not firing in all cylinders. They know that. But they love Crow Park and Bally Gunner themselves will surely be a, a, a wonderful spectacle, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. Just just to ask you on that, uh, Ken, I, I was listening to Joe Troy on Midlands, as I say, radio. The real, the real JT. The, yeah, unbelievable excitement now in the commentary. And Jeannie, they're gone. Like, and Ryan is going to beat them. And what a statement. And thinking of you as well now, to be honest. Um, and w- would you say with the 65, do lads get too caught up? We'll say maybe, no. The way you're describing it, I don't think that was the case. But I, in my mind's eye, I was kind of thinking about it and I was saying that you may be all focused on TJ. You know, don't let TJ catch it or don't let TJ get his hurley on it. And it might just create a bit of a diversion for everyone else. But by the sounds of what you're saying, that wasn't the case. Like, Not at all. In actual fact, there was no desperation. Um, you know, I have to hand it to the lads. You know, they came out and made a statement. There, there is doubts there in Offaly Hurling. Are they up to, this, up to scratch? You know, are they up to the pace of the game? I would have felt always that, that the St. Rhinus, the Goldaries, the Burrs of this world, the Cormac Lies, are well up to scratch, you know, with the top teams. Like, uh, there was rumours a couple of years ago circulating when, when Offaly went back to the Christie Ring lads that Offaly, the Offaly Championship did up Hurling in intermediate grade, which would be an absolute catastrophe because, uh, you know, we played the players, player teams, we played the Limerick teams, we played the Tip Cork teams, and we, we you know, we were well able to, 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 to obviously compete with these teams. So I knew I would have huge faith in the St. Ryan's ability to play there. It was the psyche that was so important that they knew they could play with these guys. So from our perspective, there was no desperation at the end, even Dalo. We were there, mm. we were hurling well. There was no such thing as tearing the ball or going this or going that. It was just maybe a small miscommunication, you know, between two outstanding players. And actually, TJ was under the 65 when it landed in and he tried to scoop it up in his hand as he, you know, that gloved hand he puts down to try and catch it. And it just went off his hurley and someone actually flicked it away and it went back across the square. Obviously, it went out the other way, but, you know, death happens in hurling. We've all been hit with sucker punches. We've been all on, at the good end and unfortunately at the bad end of it. And from that perspective, you know, I suppose with time, when I look back, the lads really established themselves well. We have one go-to guy, Dollars. He plays the forward for us, Sean Dolan. The only great I have is that when we got to 60, or when they got to 65, it was Richie Reid who flowed a beautiful ball in. And I mentioned him afterwards, of course, a goalkeeper, a former Kilkenny goalkeeper as well. He plays centre back there. He's an outstanding hurler, but he flowed a beautiful ball in right up. The only thing I, that, that we didn't delay this in the final, that Dollars wasn't on the edge of the square because he's our warrior. And yeah. uh, the more we had at the edge of the square, the more guys that would have contested the ball with absolute ferocity would have meant that. But these that's all in retrospect, lads. Hindsight's a great thing. The ball landed yeah. in the square. There was a huge crowd in there. And unfortunately, the flick came. And as you well know, 
with Ballyhale. They're well used to doing that and they're well used to coming from behind. Dramatic circumstances, but I suppose that's sportless. Yeah, and particularly it's hurling. Like, you know, I was watching a couple of football games yesterday. Obviously, they're very tight and a lot of draws yesterday, I think. And, you know, it's so easier to defend, the foot, you know, football, obviously. Like, we even, you know, soccer or rugby, but with a, with a stick and a, and a ball like that, it, anything can happen. And sure, they went on then, obviously, to beat uh, Clock Bellicola, who probably just didn't turn up on the, on the evening in, in Croker. And, and, uh, We'll we'll talk a little bit about the two semi-finals there, and and obviously we've next week to look ahead to the final. But um, TJ, you were um, gallivanting up around Leitrim. I heard over the weekend. Is there any truth to that rumor? First time in Leitrim, um, there was first time for everything. So I you played in the league there one year. <laughs> I didn't play the football as well. Um, no, for, I suppose following on from Kenya, I I was in Torres the previous week. In fairness. Um, actually, you, you never said we're missing Marco today. Marco got invited on some tour around the world and he didn't bring me, considering with the last couple of invites that I got, I brought him to Limerick, I brought him to Cork and I brought him to Turles. We got invited to see the Thomas's and Belly Hale game by the lads in Tipperary. We were really well looked after. I see Ken, you have a new uh, stadium name, FBD, now uh, the, renamed uh, in the home of Ireland in Simple Stadium, but we got very well looked after. So I brought him everywhere, and then he gets a fancy invite to a nice part of the world, Delo, and I got dropped like a hot <laughs> But I, I don't, I don't think you see this this trip he's on in, in the Middle East is a freebie, TJ. He paid for this trip, you see. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Like just some of the pictures he was showing, some of the pictures he was showing there every weekend. I don't know. I have, I have my doubts. But anyway, to get, to get back to this, the, the topic at hand. While we're I, while we're on him, while we're on him, we go back to Leitrim in a second, like. What about what the two picker? Like, what about he's the two picker? Lucky. He's fair lucky. No, he was unlucky with the two picker, though, wasn't he? Just the other horse had just got a run on him. And he just, not, he was yeah. coming with a wet sail, like, you know. And, anybody following the horse racing in Gordon Park last Thursday, Landers Horse, the two picker, was running in the first race. Was supposed to be out for having a look and having a tour, 25 to 1 early doors. Myself and Dela were asking questions, getting very little answers. <laughs> and then what happened next? Horse tanks up to the left. Finished second, just unlucky. But yeah, question marks again, Dale. There's a question again. mark. There's no doubt. There's question marks, DJ. And he won't tell you anyway. That's the key thing. Like you know, he 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 played a poor soldier. That chap. He's outside in the seven star hotel in Maiden, and anyway, so uh, with the pool and the bar and all. He says, "Look, when he's describing it, you're in on the WhatsApp, Shani. He's saying, look at that look. Look at that look." Do you know, why do Cork lads have to say, look at that look? <laughs> you, ever, you ever watch the show Succession? Do you know the thing on Netflix or Sky Atlantic? No, is that about a cock fella? <laughs> this, this big rich millionaire family in New York, you can imagine land just flicking the fingers <laughs> looking for his bottle of Chardonnay. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you better believe it, that'd be him over there, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was having the cocktails on the 11th floor and the swimming pool <laughs> over, overlooking the race course. It looked very impressive now. It did. We we might try and save up a few quid teach over the next five years and see if we get over there for a week. <laughs> see, he might bring us. He might bring us next year. Would you? You but, went um, the poor man's uh, trip to Leitrim. I the poor man's trip to Leitrim. In in fairness, I would have a great. Obviously, been in Saint Thomas's for three years and knowing all the lads as well as I do. I went to the game and nearly exact replica of what Ken explained there happened to the Saint Thomas's great hurling match. Two clubs, incredible shape, physicality. Both teams went at it toe-to-toe. Brilliant scores from play early on. You kind of felt as the game was going on, the Thomases were getting the hang of it. 
they start like you only conceded four points like like Belly Hill were eleven points at half time, they finished with two fifteen. So outside of the two place balls, only conceded four points to that Belly Hill team in the second half. So from their point of view, we did a huge amount right. But as Ken said there, like what like TJ Reid, brilliant shot. Probably not too many other fellas would have been able to do it. Yeah, the Thomas's boys are disappointed a little bit like Ken on maybe the defense of the last three. And you know, if they could go back a moment in time, I'm sure uh, I was talking to Kenneth, the manager of, of, of St. Thomas, who did a great job like over the whole weekend. They definitely would have done a couple of things different. But yeah, incredible. And I suppose uh, the Thomas's boys, in fairness to them, after the week that was, they decided to go on a bit of a road trip. Uh, I got the invitation from Conor Cooley, and the captain, in fairness, and I was delighted to go along. So we went and we talked about the game and we had a few beverages and we were in Carrick and Shannon up in the Great County Leitrim. And it was my first visit to there. Beautiful town, some lovely pubs, lovely places to visit. Uh, the scenery was good. And in fairness, overall, you'd have to say a great weekend. But great lads, great team. Yeah, I, I have my St. Thomas's glasses on. They're a rural club in South Galway. Brilliant, brilliant team that they've assembled. They've had a superb 10 years, but just a disappointing week. They would have loved yeah. to have got one over in the Valley Hale boys and got back to another final. But it just wasn't to be. But look, credit, credit to them. They had some brilliant performances, some great games. And uh, some of them are now, they've had their week off and they're going back in to, to join the, the Galway squad for the week that's coming. But I mean, they certainly represented their families and their club and their county with great pride. It was a great game, as I said. So there was some brilliant shoulders and physicality in it and fellas landed back in the rashes. They had a real fucking kind of hat in the sleeve club stuff like in great scores. But like, as I said, yeah, said uh, Belly Hale a four all-stars in that forward line. Like, and just, as Ken said there, like, you know, you just, like any one of them are capable of doing something like that and just found no, a way. Yeah. I appreciate it. You you invited me as well into one of the posh seats there um, <laughs> in Torles. Um, but I, I had to watch, I suppose, I had to watch Betty Gunner and Schlock Neal as well. And then I had um, Clare and Limerick in the Munster League final on on the laptop um, on the coach, trying to keep one eye on that as well. I won't talk too much about that now until we get on to Clare and Cork at the weekend. Shani, did, did you see the club semi-finals? I did. I travelled to, to Torres as well, Dalo. Yeah, I did. Um, I went up with the brother, um, and it was the first. I, I last Christmas, I was out with a couple of family members. I have an uncle that's he's a bit of a traditionalist, and he kind of finds the modern game hard to follow, and and he calls it the offside rule, almost coming into hurling now with this sort of full forwards or corner forwards playing up in the half forward line and all that. But just, just a good thing Anders is away because he he'd be looking for VAR, like. <laughs> He firmly believes VAR should be in hurling, like. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone hard to follow. No, I, I sure look. We all love hurling, and I love the modern game as much as the next fella. But my uncle said that he thinks that the modern game, he thinks that the modern game is better, but that the older games had better contests. And mm. I, I, I was thinking about it the last day as I was at Thomas's and Ballyhill for a while. I, I found it hard to follow him, but. Even though the scoring wasn't as ferocious, maybe as the intercounty game now, which is plus thirty points and you know long distance scores, some open doing and all that. As TJ said there, I just thought the contest last day was incredible. Conor Cooney it was like hitting a brick wall. Um, is it Mullen the cornerback tried to do him and just Cooney got up and in the end Mullen I think had to go off with it with, with a shoulder sure, injury. Yeah. But the contest was 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 ferocious. Like Thomas's half forward line was dominating and. Joey Holden decided to grab the game with a scruff of the neck and 
from the water break on, the last water break on, just the belly hill half half back line absolutely turned into the game. Joey Holden, Johnny was fantastic, wasn't he? In that piece. Yeah. And TJ, it wasn't, you know, when you, you know, bat the ball and get it to ground, they just cleanly caught it. They really stifled and really got on top of that Thomas's half forward line. And it was just coming back in the car, I was coming back with the brother. I said, just, I know what Morris is on, but no, he's my uncle that. It was it was it was a contest, you know, as a spectacle, it was good. The hurling was, you know, it was some fantastic skills and TJ was in front of us for the first half. I was up at that side. And again, when you see these fellas live, like I, I, I like his scoring from play has probably gone back a little bit. You know, even with Kilkenny, it's back to maybe one or two from play, maybe just back a bit. But his overall distribution and just to play off him, his vision, I think you see it better when you're live. His movement um, is just absolutely pristine. But yeah, he, as a contest, two or three, yeah, he, he two or three assists there, Shani, in front of me in the first half that were just pinpoint accuracy with the pass, wasn't it? Like, pinpoint, TJ, yeah. And and balls in the air that whatever he can do, and obviously when you're physically strong, Pat Moyle, a couple of years ago, I was talking to Pat, and he marked Shefflin in a club championship game. And I asked him, what was it like? And he said, look, I actually broke even enough for him. I did okay. But two things stuck out. He said, one, how vocal he was with the ref. He talked to the ref a lot, he said. But the other thing was physically, like he said, six foot odd. And he had a habit of putting the hurley up. And you add the length of his hurley, his hand. He was nearly it was nearly seven or eight foot or feet to try and contest. So I suppose when you're that strong and wide for TJ, but God live, I just thought. And obviously, like Patrick, we'd be big fans of Hoggy down here. So I see him live all the time. But to see TJ in particular live was... You know, it would actually give you a sport to try and get to these games more live to see what they're actually like more and more yeah. because as a spectacle, it was fantastic. And in fairness, I, there was brilliant honesty from both teams as well because there was a couple of hits and tackles and yellow cars. But fellas just got up and got on with it. Like, it was, there was no, no there was dirt. No so there wasn't? No, there was no dirt, TJ. It was a like, just ask game, you, yeah. Can I just ask you, TJ, did they feel... I suppose I wrote a column about it and I thought Rory McGann had a great game refereeing it, but... I thought Colin cleared a bit for the, fin- the penalty. Now, I know on his way down, young head had kind of caught him by the helmet on his way down. But I thought initially that he he kind of felt, mm, I'm going nowhere here now because there's a wall of these fellas in front of me. So, you know, we need something. And for me, that was, I know everyone will speak about the last free. And what I'd say about that is, you know, the biggest mistake there was I played with him for so many years. Ireland's fittest family goalie behind me saying, <laughs> And you probably know this, Ken, as well. Get him out of my eye line, he'd say. I feel like walk across in front like Colin Finley did. Uh, and I'm not blaming Colin at all now for whatever the penalty order. But Lohan would just catch whoever be full forward and just lob him out of the way. Like, so Fitzy had a clear line of sight at the, at the, at the shooter. Um, but that, like, to see the goalie sprinting out around Finley to, to get a full view of it, do you know? I just... That, Couple of regrets there, I'd say. And you, you said that, like, um, that the management would have said, I, I thought the penalty was a harsh enough call at, at the time. Yeah, I like, in, in, look, in fairness to, to these boys, like, no different to most teams. Like, they're sports people, they understand sport, there's highs and lows and ups and downs, and things go their way. And they've won games late on in the past that maybe mm. they might have been fully entitled to win. And that happens. But, yeah. you know, there, there was no whinging. You could argue that, that Colin did lead. He's a big man anyway. That he did maybe lead, but like maybe maybe John made it his referee decision a little bit easier. But no, like one or two chances slipped away from the second half. The, the I suppose the, the overriding feeling for them was 
that they didn't have any way to blame only themselves. So as I said, they, they get on it from that point of view. Even there during the season there when I think the, the semi-final there was going to be looked like there could be a walkover where, but with the guard situation in COVID, in fairness to Thomas, they reached out straight away and pushed yep. the game out. So that's that's the type of people they are. Like they, they, they're hurling people. They love the sport and they get on with it and they'll pick themselves up now and they'll be fine. But look, I think if there was maybe one piece that they'd love to revisit would be maybe the defence of the free. And like you said there, being in the full back line myself in the past, like the goalkeeper has got to have a clean sight of that ball. You can't have somebody. And Colin Finley's a big man now. But mm. like Thomas has have a couple of big boys as well. Like they needed to, to shift him out of there. And like, yeah, the message has got to come. You'll be, you'll be kind of saying, Dale he has to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It won't oh, be as simple I'm, as that. Like, when they were talking, I'm glad, you said, I'm glad you said the penalty. The 21 should never have came. Like, Fintan Burke had an absolutely outstanding game. Brilliant. Like, TJ, like, the more than ourselves, TJ, we have no one to blame on yourselves. And, you know, and we can't point the finger at anybody else because, you know, our lads were absolutely outstanding for the full game. But the thing about Fintan, that, that ball that TJ picked at the end, like, there was no need to take him to the ground. It was like as if to say, there you are now, if you're good enough, score the 21. <laughs> and you're dicing with this, with the likes of Henry Shefflin in his prime or Owen Kelly in his prime or TJ. Uh, when you get that opportunity, you don't forgive, you don't let, you know, let, well, give Tarson the mouth go like that. And like for TJ, he had nothing to lose. He's a savage striking the ball. Finley's so wise and old. He was going to stand in the way. He was going to go by his ear like lightning and it was going to be so impossible to stop it but to give away to the situation we created it was self like ourselves it was self-inflicted really there was no need to fall tj in the first place for the 21 do you know what i mean yeah i suppose hindsight ken is like we, we, we chatted about that coming over in the stadium afterwards you'll be saying afterwards then that he is a magician though right of all the people in that space you wouldn't want to have the ball as tj reed if he had a drop shot at it and put it in the net or whatever, you'd be saying then today, geez, why did you just fold him? Do you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's a hard one. It's a hard one. But I was talking to, I said, a good chat with Kenneth over the weekend. And in fairness to Kenneth Cork, he, he, like, he said he went through everything and they had every what-if scenario covered. But he said to me, being honest about it, he said that in training, they didn't have what-if, right, on the actual last book of the game, there were two points up. Like he said, they hadn't gone through that scenario. So he was very honest about it too. But like it, it, as, as a coach or as a mentor, like of all the things you do, you probably wouldn't have done that one. You were too bad yeah, like, and, and time is up. What? Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I think again, like, this goes back to the fact that it's then my initial question to you came about, you know, did you, did you focus too much on Reed for the 65? And you said, you didn't and, and no more about it and it just happened. Like I just think again, Finton had nearly beaten him for the previous three or four balls, Johnny. Mm. Finton was mm. playing out of his skin. Like I, I just one on one for, right? for a Henry, yeah. For a Henry going in now, taking on that job. Finton looks, you know, a, an option for three if you wanted to keep Dahi Bork at six and things like that. But I just think it's Reed, isn't it? It's just it was Reed, so take him down. Because he'll he, he there could be somebody behind me loose and he'll get yeah. a flick across them with one hand or something. So Getting down, yeah. we're a nice bit out from the goal. And I just think it's the effect of having a, a, a magician like that, as TJ said. Yeah, like like TJ said there about kind of honesty, to be fair as well, say, I'm not trying to sound like an advocate for the old game, but there was no dropping a man back. Like, it was very much a one-on-one. -on -one. We thought with, with 10 minutes to go, here it comes. Every ball that went in, the people around us, we, we ended up around kind of Thomas's crowd, wherever way we came in, and here it is, here it is, here it is. 
there was no centre back drama back and midfielders coming back to cover the half back line. They left it very much on your own, Finton by and work it out. And like you said, he won three or four <laughs> and won them comfortably. Now, the only thing is, I thought at times he kind of opens the shoulders and lets it go. Like I'd say, if you got him into an inter county scene and got him a little bit slicker, shorten it up, and a few pop passes. But as regards a one on one contest kind of guy, he's as good as, as what's out there. But you're right, Dilo. Like, teach your, your, your uncle was like? loving that, Johnny. There's definitely room for him in that full back line. And the way Shawnee said, there, when a modern yeah. game has gone, right? You're nearly kind of like the full backs getting pulled and dragged all over the place. And even now, a cornerback, you are getting pulled in in that two man full forward line. And you could easily play with two full backs. So if they wanted to play with Dahi and Finton in the full back line, I think there's room. No, Henry, we're not not telling your business now, boy. With the full back line pick for you there, kid. Um, Ken, we might as well stay with it now that we've we've, we've gone on to it. You didn't see Barry Gunner and, and Schlock Neil. Did you get a chance to have a look at that? I did. I did. I saw it. I saw it. And um, uh, fair hats off to Schlock Neil without being patronising them. I thought they were very competitive. Uh, Parnell Park's a tough place to play. Uh, Barry Gunner rattled for long periods. Obviously, the goals, Billy O'Keefe's goals, one at the very start, one at the very end. That was the difference between the teams. But, you know, an outstanding performance again from Slock Neal. You know, Brendan Rogers, what a man, like, playing full back for Derry footballers and full forward and wing forward for Slock Neal. You know, absolutely outstanding. Their scoring race was very good. They have always been competitive in all our club semi-finals. Nobody has, you know, given them a hammering. They prepare absolutely brilliantly. They were on to me the following Wednesday. We won the county final. They were on to me the following Wednesday. Looking for a game, you know, to, to meet him in Abbottstown or somewhere like that. They love their hurling and obviously they concentrate on the totally. And uh, they didn't go up to give a good display either, lads. They went up to win. Oh. You know, Stock Neil went to win. Um, I think it was a right good grounding for Valley Gunner because obviously after the, you know, the sizable win against Kilmallock and the way they played and the panache they showed and the outstanding ability of all their players and their and of course their 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 six reserves. So from from that perspective, I think it was a good grounding for for Benny Gunner because it means now that Dara Sullivan has an awful lot to work on for the club final. And um Benny Gunner and you know they're 20 minutes away from each other is going to be a f- fantastic game. But on the day, I suppose, just a slicker outfit, a little bit slicker. The two goals were the were the were the key difference, obviously. Do you know, two seventeen to eighteen pints. Um, Barry Gunner just did enough to just did enough to win. Uh, but they had one hell of a fright. It was a very good contest, and and I was kind of saying coming up to it that that Parnell would be a big advantage to Schlock Neil because Barry Gunner obviously loved and loved the you know the openness and all. But like watching it, Parnell was in superb shape. In fairness, John Costello don't mm. be giving out to me now, but the state of the pitch doesn't great shape. Um, but I just felt can a little bit that they they might have focused a bit too much on Desi Hutchinson, and that maybe left the space in for the likes of O'Keefe, um, and a couple of more of their forwards had very big games, uh, you know. And Desi still came up with his three brilliant points, of course, um, and that might have been. You know, the, the bit of space that was there for the two goals, as you said, one at the start of the game and one at the start of the second half. And also two points by Conor Sheehan, the very same two players, got the goal and the point. 
at the start of the second half, as the, as the same as the start of the game. And that, that was sort of the difference. But I thought maybe if they'd over-focused on Desi, that they might have been as well off if Desi got five from player six. <clears throat> you know, and the other lad mightn't have got 2-1. Yeah, 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 it's a conundrum, yeah. You know, Conor Sheehan, he's actually playing outstanding hard in the middle of the field. Um, he's the he's the real star for, for Valley Gunner at the moment. Uh, and they need the likes of those guys to come up to pair. We know about the O'Mahonies, we know about obviously Desi and Co. Um and obviously obviously Stephen O'Keefe probably having his best season ever uh, you know as a goalkeeper running the whole show in there. They look so comfortable at the back. They don't look like conceding goals at any given stage. And that's that's the big test the barometer next week next next time out against uh obviously Bally Hale because Bally Hale will obviously hope that in Crow Park and with their know-how and their smartness and Finley and Owen Cody around the TJ They'll be trying to orchestrate uh, goal openings. That will really test because Parikomani, or sorry, uh, the full back, the former, the former, um, the former full back for 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 Belly Gunner. He's uh, captain. Harry Cockton, yeah. Harry's yeah. going to like he's going to be tested the next day. They're going to test him, Finley and him. That'll be some battle, you know. And Barry Cockney is physical, but Barry had a tough day out against uh, Schlock Neil. And, and struggled for long periods, but he's proud. He's played in Crow Park in the All Ireland uh, mm-hmm. final, so he knows what's what's coming ahead of him. But I think overall, you know, Desi, you can see where Slough Neil were coming from. He was the top man against Kilmallock. Everything he was the go-to man. But Desi, you know, as well as being fleet of foot, he's good in the air. He's good to make openings. He's good with assists. It's not just the scoring, uh, you know, conundrum he is. So from that perspective, I think overall. Um, it's it's a fascinating final, really fascinating final that we're looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. to be fair, they look, they, to be fair, Slatnil, they're probably possibly talking about the top inside forward in the game right now. Because he's 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 really really on fire, and in fairness, he would have had to get that attention in order for them. I know hindsight again is marvelous, but yeah. setting up that way, you, you you wouldn't knock him first. I was going to just pinpoint two pieces in the first half. The one that was saved from Desi. It was just an incredible move. The only one he just jumped and yeah, doubled that yeah. in the air. She's the, that would have been just off the charts in terms of a goal. And yeah, the second one was was up in the top right hand corner, throwing the ball was on the ground. And see Rogers flicking the ball like you wouldn't see it in the Premiership. The way he flicked mm-hmm. the ball in between his legs, turned back. It was just incredible. Two pieces of amazing stuff. Yeah, and I, if either had a slightly different outcome, game could have changed. It, it's it's a fascinating final to call, Sean, isn't it? Um, like an awful lot of lads coming in and out here now during the week and we to chatting about it and of course it was a huge um topic of conversation especially the belly hill thomas's game you know the way it finished and, and the welter of excitement but an awful lot of lads calling it belly going to beat them they're on the brink and as ken said earlier they're probably not going as well as other years but i keep saying like and i i kind of do fancy belly gunner i think but you nearly want to be passing carlo with the tommy moore cup to know you'll have them beaten, like wouldn't you? That's, that's the other side. Of you it. would, you would, and like they're contrasting styles of play, and at the same time they're similar. If that makes sense, because like what I noticed with with Belly Hale is they have a tendency to rotate an awful lot. It's almost as if the team, with total respect, the jocks are on the sideline, but they seem to make their own calls. You know what I noticed anyway was TJ will call it, and he'll go from full to half forward, and automatically Mullen might come in. So they seem to like to have one or two up top which is not too dissimilar to, to, to Ballygunner. So 
from that perspective, then when you only have one or two on top, you're only as good as the ball that's coming in. So I think both half forwards will have huge roles to play to ensure that their retrospective sick half backs don't get that delivery in. Um, again, I went to the Munster Club final game, then the Kilmallock game, and ended up right on the full forward line in the second half. Bally Gunner's full forward line, say, Oh my god, like the delivery coming in, any fella that was anything, anything related to a kind of forward couldn't but score. The ball was obviously Desi's touch is so slick inside O'Keefe and these guys that when they do get it, they can finish. But I think that'll be a key part. And from that perspective, like I just wonder, will there be a ferocious grit from the half forward line? Like Adrian Mullen isn't playing out of his skin. Like, you know, he's a little bit disappointed with the last day, but he does hang in there. And Mm. from the water break on the last, he was the kind of that he wasn't selfish. He knew he wasn't really outscoring much. He only got a point from play. But he did a bit of donkey work and a bit of that unforeseen hard on the graph stuff. And I think, again, the next day, he'll be the kind of fella that will put it into the face of the Ballygunner halfbacks and let him know, you ain't clearing this too easily, buddy, and make it hard for that ball coming out. And I think from that point of view, while everyone will say, yeah, and I'd say the same, my my, my immediate reaction would be Ballygunner are a bit slicker. Um, maybe they wanted a bit more. They haven't won that coveted All-Ireland final that this team feel they should have won over the last number of years. But as Ken said, when it came to the Rhinos game, when it came to the last day, like they had no right to win the Thomas's game, no right whatsoever. But they just have this ferocious, great determination, almost um, faith in each other's confidence, you know, confidence in each other's type of play. Like they know at the water break, if we're anywhere close to these fellas, we have a chance. So just from that type, from that perspective, I can't believe I'm saying it because after the Kilmallock game, again, walking out, I went to it on my own. I intentionally went on my own because like, I go back and go no more. We played him a fair bit in club games and practice You didn't games. want the uncle and nine you either as well. What? You didn't want the uncle and nine you. I'm going to be listening to him. Sorry, sorry, Uncle McGrath. <laughs> sorry about that, kid. But I don't know, Dale. Like I do think Bally Gunner, skill wise, touch wise, movement wise, like Desi is one of the best players in the game at the moment. Just McGriff, time of the year, graft. I could see Bally Hale snaking it again, to be honest. <laughs> You're a traditionalist, Shawnee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. But like when we were in your own playing day, Jesus, I did quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Never listened to an instruction or anything. I was going to say that you didn't really follow instructions either, kid. On a following forward, you were back around to see what happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Delia, look, you, you could say Crow Park would suit both teams, couldn't you? Like, in fairness, you I, could. I, I, I think, like, Belly Hale, obviously, our home at Crow Park. And I think the way Belly Gunner moved the ball, Shani, down in the park, like, it was fierce impressive against Kim Mallock. Like, the, the, the good side really, really suited their style of play. Like, so it's set up perfectly. Um, we actually forgot to mention Shane Cooney this in the back was out for Thomas who was a big loss to them Dale, but, massive. Uh, massive loss huge in, in, in my brings to the team and I wish Shane the best luck and hopefully he can get back for some bit of Galway season he had an operation but to be fair to Ronan Cor- Hale, just, just, just to have to say it like Ronan Corcoran was missing as well for midfield from for Belly yeah, Hale and he was outstanding and, like all year and Owen Reid and Owen Reid that's what I was going to say is, I suppose for both sides is to have their, their, their full squad but you have you have teams who can score. I think it'll come down to goals. I think which, whichever defends better and whichever can get the breakthrough. Like Belly Gunner coughed up a couple of goal chances the last day and maybe against Kim Malik. So if they do that against this forward line, geez, you, you, you could be in better. And then up the other side, go back to what Shani said there. 
outside of getting the really, really good ball in, Johnny, the movement of the boys inside, like they were just constantly moving and creating that bit of space. Like so really, really intriguing. Are we looking at Joey Holden and Desi? Mm, could be, could be, I suppose, yeah. Could be uh, I'd I'd be if I was um jocks or as you call him, Johnny, if I I'd be ringing Paul Kinnerk to know what kind of a system they come up with uh, to stop Desi when Limerick meet him because it's the only time really I've seen him being stopped. He's he's been that good. Um I think Already? our own led um Johnny the, Finn. <laughs> no, yeah, you're led obviously Johnny Finn, but our own led from Tones, um Young Hayes. That's right, did a great Jim. job in Clare Watford last year, right? He's a he's cornerback now. How would how would you see it panning out, Ken? And a very imp- impossible to call, obviously. Possible to call, I think you're listening to it below yourself, um, Dalo, what men are saying there. And they're they're fairly right in the fact it's now Belly Gunner's time. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're they're at their peak now. They have a huge uh setup there as regards players to call upon, inter-county players and the substitutes. They have six players they can bring in, uh, as well as the as the guys they have. And I think it's, you mentioned goals there, TJ. I think it's going to come down to the situation of what's going to happen uh, from the point of view. I think Stephen O'Keefe, to me, and I suppose I'm championing the goalkeeping situation here myself, I think he's been the, close enough to the club holder of the year. And if he produces the performance that he's been producing up to now, um, I think um, it will have a huge bearing in the game because Ballyhale, whether we like it or not, they rely on the three pointers the whole time. They'll go for the three pointers. If Finley sees the net, he'll head for it. If Owen Cody sees it, he'll go for the percentage. He'll go to bury the goal. TJ the same. So if, if Stephen O'Keefe continues the, in the vein of form he is, he's playing the hurling of his life. The shackles are off. He says he's retired from Intercounty Hurling. But by God, um, from that point of view, you need players playing at the top of their game. And when you have your number one playing in that uh, type of humour it means it's huge for the backline lads it's huge for the whole team because he just lifts the team every time he makes that save or makes that dash from the goal so it's going to come down to, uh, maybe to the both, both the keepers obviously uh, the Bally Hale keeper Dean as well Dean Mason, he's, 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 he's very solid very sound but in Crow Park goal opportunities do arise and it'll be just a question of who can nab the vital scores at the vital times I think it just could be Bally Gunner's day. Yeah, um, and we're probably giving um, we've given Henry advice on his full back line, so we're giving Liam Cahill a bit of advice as well. <laughs> as well. Get on, get on the phone there next two weeks time, Liam. on the goalkeeping. Are we seeing a bit of a change in puckouts? Right, I think this time last year when we've been talking about, we've seen load, load short puckouts. Right. Whereas now, I think all these keepers are trying to fire it longer into space or trying to find that guy who wins the ball. I think we're seeing a shift. It'd be interesting to see the, the Alliance League coming up now as to whether that continues. But mm. the, the, you, I, I'm definitely seeing in the games I've gone to less and less ball going to that free cornerback. They're trying to push that pocket up the field. Yeah, but like I would have said early on in the game, watching it, Thomas's were getting great joy from going long. They necessarily weren't winning it clean, but they were breaking it and they were getting onto the breaking ball and I said that was a game plan. But I thought the longer they kept doing that, as Shawnee said, that, started the ball just kept coming back at him I, I don't know it'd be interesting as you said I mean I watched the Clare Limerick match as well I mean Limerick's um, I suppose we'll talk about that as well Limerick's strength in depth is, is sort of incredible at the minute but 
they were they were mixing it up a huge amount and obviously like um didn't even have their regular goal. Nicky wasn't in goal even, you know. So it's um yeah, the league will tell us a whole pile, but we'll we'll look forward to what we used to say St. Patrick's Day, but we'll look forward to the, the club finals in a couple of weeks. And of course, interestingly, this weekend as well, we we have um the intermediate and the junior uh, final with Kimiley versus Nace and Bally Giblin and Munkine. And it should be a great day. I'd love to go, but I think I might be going to Clare and Cork down the park. So that might scupper me, but try and get a look at it somewhere near. But um, by normal, I wouldn't mind any of the teams winning, uh, especially the intermediate with the Kildare team and the Kerry team. But I have, that, of course, the connection with Kimiley. So I'd love if they went all the way. But obviously, there's no doubt that Nace have invested a huge pile in uh, underage hurling. I, I know from my time with Kilmacud that they used to say at around under 14, 12, 14, 15, Nace could beat everybody around Dublin, Kilkenny. You know, so obviously that's coming to, to bear fruit for them. So that should be a great game to look forward to. And I've invested interest there, Dillo, on the Nace side because yes. our buddy Owen Stapleton, who's been doing great work in Nace and Kildare for a long time now, and he's been telling me about this. It's, it's their first time in the Ireland final, so it's it's massive for both clubs and a great opportunity to play in Crow Park. So yeah, interesting one there. We might have known that. Uh, in fairness, in fairness to Owen, we enjoyed his company here in uh, Murky Brown over the summer. We, we, we might have an old, um, a wager on that one, Dale, between us, maybe an, an old drink. Okay. Uh, a, a gentle tenor, TJ. Gentle yeah, tenor. Yeah, gentle tenor, yeah. But great game for both clubs to look forward to. And as well as that, I have a vested interest in the other one as well because my sister's living in Ballygiblin, Johnny. So they are just really gone mad. And you can see even some of the stuff going on there. Like, so huge for them as well. A great opportunity. And I've said before, great for the junior clubs and these clubs all over the country where they have an opportunity where they're possibly never going to be able to get to where a belly hill or a belly gunner are but this is their day in their own right so for the for the clubs the four clubs the weekend brilliant to be bringing all your parish your community and your families to Crow Park what an opportunity yeah I remember a good few years ago now obviously lads, I was with the Dubs and we were playing a league game we were playing Tip and Torless or something like that and I went up and stayed in the Louis Fitzgerald the night before because we'd leave from there, if you know what I mean, the hotel, to go to bed down to Thurlis. So be down with him on the bus and that. But the, the, the junior and intermediate club finds, I don't know, I can't remember which Cork club was in it, Shani, but yeah. Jesus, the, the 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 hotel was booked out with them. They obviously decided we'd stay together and they, they were going in for into one of the, the Dublin team would say we had a meeting room, but they had about, there's a lot of meeting rooms upstairs in the Louis Fitzgerald, but they were going up to have mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the team and with the whole yeah. parish, and yeah. they were everywhere, like you know. And it is fantastic for the club, like, isn't it? Dream come true to be ah, going to back. It is brilliant, and I suppose even back to TJ and the Bally Giblin connection, like <clears throat> the fanfare up there, like Marquee was due to go back to Australia. And I'd say, I'd actually say that the whole homebird stuff, the whole feeling of the village, the community, and what the Munster Club first did, and now the All Ireland series. I'd say that draw has almost enticed him to stay around. And obviously with Kieran coming on board then and getting him involved with the, the cock panel, so all that has added to it. But look, Ronan Dwan, who I was, um, Ronan was on our panel in 99, we call him Swanee. He's looking after the team and um, he's left his hair grow. He looks like our Lord now, the hair is coming away down. And I think the I slag is... I think we've been there. <laughs> 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 little phallic, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd say our Lord people couldn't perform that miracle, but <laughs> but the slag is that maybe Swanee will cut the hair if they win. So please God, they do Sorry. because he looks cat. <laughs> Swanee, cut your hair. <laughs> I put up a I put up a tweet watching the football yesterday with the goalies coming out as these fly keepers now. Get oh, yeah. into goal. <laughs> Can you imagine an old day like with your uncle there on the traditional? We saw a goalie going past you on your wing back, like yeah. actually yeah. going past you. TG four were getting a bit of stick over the camera stuff, but the camera that they went to behind the goal wasn't it was that brilliant. The a lot of fun. It was brilliant. The high yeah. behind it was incredible. This was brilliant. Yeah, like some view of so it was like Storm Desmond. Yeah, fairness <laughs> <laughs> to the cameraman, like you know. Well, Ken, the thing about um, the junior final. Um, is like the Kilkenny Junior and Intermediate teams do be savage strong. They're a bit like the Kerry uh, Junior and Intermediate champions because they don't have as many senior club teams. They keep their senior nice and tidy. A lot of counties trying to get back to 16 uh, teams and seniors. But that's the directive from Crow Park. And uh, my own little club, um, lucky to stay out of relegation trouble um, <laughs> uh, on the technicality. But they, they do have savage on... Junior and intermediate teams like it, but very good. Oh, like, yeah, obviously yeah. a major role, but not a word about Munkine, really. Yeah, I'm only an hour from Kilkenny, so I would have had the pleasure of going to Kilkenny Files, meet Murray of Coolderry, a great uh, Coolderry man and a father, Damien Murray, that played with Coolderry and Offaly. You know, he he absolutely consumes Kilkenny Hurland every county final he's been at. But I had the pleasure of going down to a few county finals there, and the, the intermediate final beyond before, or the junior final, the Magpies and the Black and Whites. and Moonkine and Pilltown and List Downey. List Downey, like an outstanding team, couldn't get up out of senior and uh, absolutely top class. We, we'd be there with our mouths open watching intermediate finals, the standard of Hurling in it. And of, uh, of course, you had a situation where Dunham Egan won a Kilkenny County final and a couple of years later were relegated. I think there's only two years later to relegated to Hickey's and Co. And then you had obviously the great Tommy Walsh, you know, Tullerone. They spent so much time uh, uh, down at intermediate level after being relegated and found it so hard to get back up. So uh, we know it ourselves in Dora at this stage that, you know, when you go back down, it's 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 a tough struggle to get back up. So from that perspective, the standard, Kilkenny Hurland standard is top notch. I don't know, uh, Sean, you know more obviously about the scene at, at junior and intermediate level in Cork. And of course, you have the premier intermediate. So from that perspective, I, I this Kilkenny... You know, the, the standard of hurling in Kenny is, is very strong. Now, there is a, a situation like the senior team in Kilkenny that maybe there is a bit of a slackening off. Maybe the standard is not as high as it was. So I'm sure Betty Giblin won't be phased by that and they're looking forward to, to the, going to the Hallowed Turf and Crow Park. Mm. You can have a tenor on that to you. You're taking from Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. It's not the gambling show. This <laughs> just to change it to the, the aliens gambling show. <laughs> actually, on that point here, I seen Galway the weekend. Um, the, Thomas's man, Claude, a good buddy of mine, he's actually got in as director of hurling actually up there in um, in Galway. But they have 24 senior teams, right? Mm. So I think the challenge in Galway, I think over the next one to two years, is to reduce that to 16, right? So can you imagine? The, the relegation that's coming down the track for teams in Galway to try and get maybe that reduced by eight teams over one or two years or eight teams relegated so yeah yeah because we'll, of the technicality we'll, we'll in there and we were very lucky because we didn't win any match in the thing we were bottom of the table and we, we probably should have gone but sure it's our fault that the competition is not invite uh Christine 
objective that they were going down and scoring difference and you couldn't be relegated and the Munster Council upheld that. So now we've 18 senior teams, so there's two to go this year, 22 and two to go the following year and obviously one coming up from intermediate. So I'd say the intermediate clubs are delighted who's down there at the moment, the likes of Tulla, Dora Bearfield and a couple like that. And uh, But there's a few clubs that are very disgruntled and there was a lot of objecting going on them. We didn't say much about it anyway. I'm not saying anything about it now either. We, we know how lucky we are, but it's you know, a bit like other things. I mean, no one gave me a medal in 98 for the whistle being blown early, like in the semi-final. <laughs> so it's just one of those things, just an anomaly, I suppose. And, and um, we got out of jail there. But yeah, you just said, can you imagine the Galway relegation? Eight teams to be going like in, Two in years. a couple of years. Yeah, it's a Crow Park directive, I think, that yeah. 16 senior teams. So, yeah, be vicious enough and as Will and Claire as well. Uh, just just on, on that, Johnny, with your, with your uncle, um, one of my buddies, we learned about the old hurling and we couldn't hurl at all. So we were, we were just kind of got yeah. feet running up hills and stuff. But one of one of my buddies, uh, Tito Tiggy, sent me the highlights of, it was about a 12-minute highlight clip. I put it up with TJ and, and Mark and Larry on, on, on our old WhatsApp page. Of your semi-final with Offaly in '99, yeah. Jesus, the hurling, the hurling in it, like, and the scores, and there was no goal, I don't think, but yeah. it was fan- the scores from play just incredible on the day, and I suppose yeah. it was the last real kick of that Offaly team, but by God, they went down <laughs> with with, the, with their boots on, didn't they? There was something else there, though. Yeah, were- Brian Whelan had an, had an incredible game. Actually, one of the most <laughs> probably the most marquee moment, and probably the most played replayed part of the game was a wide <laughs> I think it was the, or maybe it was this low score John Troy dispossessed Brian Cochran oh, yeah. and he put it over the bar actually but it was pulled back for some sort of an infringement earlier but they kept his vision like Cochran I think was mid-picking and Troy came in and just snatched it from him maybe from his right hand and then threw it up on his wrong hand and struck it over the bar God, he was he an was, absolute joy. That he was gifted, wasn't he? Oh, he was something else. And funny enough, like, you, know, you mentioned it because on YouTube, oh, I'm getting all these feeds, all old league games coming up on my YouTube feed at the moment. And they showed an old Kilkenny and Offaly league game in uh, 97. But like that, um, like John Troy, he used to get his two or three. He, I don't remember him being a terribly heavy scorer, like 2-5 or 2-6 or any of that. But all his scores were magical scores. And in the same league game, he only got two or three. But actually, the, the, the three of them were the best scores you'll ever see. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think so I clear, like yeah. that. There's clips coming up of mine as well. TJ, one of the ones that came up the other day, well, he's just gone there, TJ. We have to lose him for a sec. Was, but it was 1997 in the league, uh, ourselves and Limerick in the Gaelic Grounds. 25,000 people was the official attendance. Sweet yeah. Jesus. Like, do yeah. you know, the mad, I showed a lad from the Piercy getting, Dave Hennessy was his name, getting a goal. Yeah. TJ was in the forwards at the time. I think TJ kind of flicked it on and uh, I was in no man's land anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure was I marking him or Brian Lohan was marking him, but he appeared <laughs> on his own anyway. <laughs> so he's buried yeah. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. TJ, John tried, his guest, Johnny, you mentioned John. John played in the goals in the 80s. Seven All Ireland minor final, one of minor All Ireland goals, and then okay. nine on Toronto All Ireland against Tipperary in the goals. Okay. And he always said that Tip won it by a pint, but he always said if John had been out the field, but John was so easy going. The only reason yeah. John was out the field was then because Jim was in the goals for Offaly. <laughs> <laughs> John had to go out the field, and John didn't fancy this at all, like all this hardship out the field. 
Jim hoping, definitely wasn't going out to field, Ken. The best pair, the best pair of wrists that we've ever seen John try, you know, and absolutely outstanding her. But the gas thing about it was you mentioned about TJ and and Owen Cody, these were switching the whole time, Shawnee. Yeah. But yeah. That that semi-final, and uh, you don't you mentioned 98 there, Dalo. Like mm. Joe Errity was playing full forward, John was playing centre forward, neither a hundred percent fit, or neither race horses, but when when John would be tired, when he <laughs> after he gets punt, Joe would go out centre forward and John would go in and line the hurl at full forward and then uh, Joe would get tired and did switch and it was yeah. telepathy between the two of them and there were such outstanding hurlers and you mentioned John trying by wheeling, but Joe Errity, what a hurler. He was an absolutely an unbelievable hurler as well. Again, yeah. never 100, 110% fit, but by God, give him the ball, the wrist and the hurling. And of course, like Brian Whedon was equally capable of playing on the forwards and the backs, you know, absolutely brilliant. Well, sure. yeah. We're around about the belly here, lads, maybe making their own switches, Ken. But like that three game uh, saga we had with the Offaly boys in 98, and Michael Bond obviously came in for Babs and did a tremendous job and was a lovely, unassuming man to meet him afterwards and all that. But like I remember Wheelahan just bringing himself up into the forwards, he just said to Joe, Joe. Go back, I'm gonna. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I should have decked him or something. I think <laughs> we learn, we learn some forward as well as, as, as one of the greatest uh wing backs. But um, yeah, Larry, there's no need to be putting up smart comments there on the feed there that every show 98 gets a mention. We look, at <laughs> we, we often mention the tip victory, especially when Ken is on with us as well. Larry, yeah, so. TJ, you took a water break there, see TJ. I took a water break, yeah. <laughs> See him out. Uh, the water breaks are gone, TJ. Which means we're in trouble, Dale, apparently. What? Which water breaks? Yeah, Limerick are in trouble. Because water oh, you won't be able to bring out the board at all. No. <laughs> Can you know, if you're listening, kid, you, you're in trouble now. I want to have to plan some performance at half time. <laughs> Let's, um, I suppose, look, it's back to the league at the weekend and. and you know, Alliance again as sponsors and sponsoring the show for us, and um, delighted to have them on board. I, I just gonna ask, I'll ask you first, Ken. Like, we start the championship this year on the 16th of April, so does the dynamic change a bit? You know, the league we had the league, and then we had a break probably, and then, then there was the April for the club mo- month, and that never really worked, I don't think. Um, but now the dynamic now is is different, isn't it? We're going to be finishing the league and nearly straight at it um, in terms of the the, the, the setup and, and the round robin, obviously, back in Munster and Leinster as well. So would, as a manager, and TJ as well, yourself, like as a manager, does, does your thinking change a bit? And, and do you need to be hitting the ground running or do you need to be saying, no, we'll, we'll get it right for April? And I suppose that was always the challenge, was get it right for the championship. Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, and it was always the way it's right, but I don't think any manager can take a chance and say, we'll get it right for April. I think you need to hit the ground running. Now, we've an unprecedented, I suppose, spell of weather up here anyway, lads, in January, and the fact that you'd actually be, you'd have to be out training every Sunday morning because the weather's been so mild and so beautiful, but you're going to get a hell of a bad spell now, probably in February or March, uh, which will militate against good hurling, particularly. Um I think teams will be on their guard. I think teams will have to go out, you know, and 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 stay, you know, try and make a statement because t- 
it's hard to believe. Like I think it's Easter Sunday, isn't it? That's that's mid-April, that April sixteenth. Like it's it's incumbent on also the every county that their pitches are in pristine order for April because we've all played club hurling in April, and as you well know, we've had some shitty Sundays and Saturday evenings when we played, and the pitches weren't good. It was mucky, uh, wasn't pretty. So from that perspective, we're no by but no means into summer hurling in April. So from that perspective, the National League, we'd all say, ah, oh, when the when the grounds speed up and when the ball starts flying again, as you were mentioning yourselves earlier, that's that things will work out. But it could be, you know, a pure grapple, it could be a pure dogfight. Uh come, you know, Walsh Park with Tip and Waterford, the pitch mightn't be great, the the, the ball mightn't be moving. It's so it, it, it's not actually summer hurling until you're hoping obviously June, July, you know the, the big stadia. Are going, you know, the pitches are going to be top notch, but some of the pitches that you're going to uh, come across uh, in February and March in the National League are going to be maybe similar to what you're going to encounter in April. So the point I'm making is, I think all teams will be absolutely rare to go. I think next weekend, like it'll be February, you know, next is next month is March, and then you're into April, you're into new time. So from that perspective. Do you know, you just take the tip situation. We played the Munster League. We didn't get a good result against Kerry. Uh, people, you know, you know, said, oh, right, that happened. There's no big deal about it. But I think it's so important for tip to get a good start next weekend against Leash. And that's the first game that, that I suppose we're discussing. Mm. I know that Cheddar has put his backroom team together. I know that Clock Balakala lads just got the bare week off after the Minster Club final. He's He's, he's playing from a full hand, so he knows that game next Saturday evening in O'Moore Park in Port Leash is a big game for them. A chance to turn over maybe a, a temporary team that's not playing at full strength because of the of the Lockmore situation, because of a number of players uh, being in limbo at the moment. So I think it's important for Tip to blood new players, but it's also an important game to win. Yeah, oh, look, hugely, and I suppose, look, it was only the Munster League, but of course, people will st- if it, if they got off to a bad start against Leash down on top of the Kerry match, <laughs> like it's tough in on column, you know, because talk starts to build and and then um, I see actually there during the week, um, can that um, he must be a mature student at this stage, but Bonner was back playing Fitzgibbon Cup, um, so he's obviously back in Fettel. Um, yeah, he's 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 doing a course. He's doing a business course in DIT. Um, um, so from that point of view, it was absolutely fantastic that he's back playing a full game. Like for a guy that hadn't been injured, you know, he was like rubber, absolutely brilliant. He's after picking up two very nasty injuries with the cruciate ligament injury, and then of course the Achilles tendon, which is the worst of all. Mm. So absolutely thrilled to see him back. I think he is still an important part to play with Tipperary. Um, the one thing about Bonner, he won't lack for endurance. He'll be absolutely in top-notch shape. And I think it's an important part of that Tipperary setup. Huge loss last year. Huge loss to Tipperary and to our club as well, Laura. So from that perspective, uh, great to get a game under his belt. I don't know if it's coming too soon for Leash, but I'd say he will play some part in it. And Tipperary need warriors like Bonner. Uh, we lacked that warrior attitude last year. Uh, the ball wasn't being held up up front. We need guys, uh, go-to guys that can can win hard ball, take on defence, and of course, that are respected by the other counties. That's important mm-hmm. as well, and I think Bonner has that respect. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And Shawnee, while 
everybody got a look at Clare um, being well beaten by Limerick and brought back down to earth. I don't know if we have to lose you there, Shani. You're frozen. You're there. You're there, yeah. I was falling asleep there. You were droning me on. Yeah. You didn't bother showing up at all for the Munster League. You you went off on holidays and things. So I suppose you'll have a big, um, big kind of. Ambush ready for us in Parky Kiev on, on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, I like the I, I yeah, look, I suppose Cork were in Tenerife for a couple of weeks and um, a couple of lads involved with UCC uh UCIT are playing next Thursday night. So it's a very congested kind of calendar for the county managers to be dealing with at the moment with the Fitzgibbon. I'm an advocate of the Fitzgibbon now. I think fellas should be allowed to play it, uh, play it myself. Here. I love it. It's here, a here, fantastic here. competition. I went up to the UCC and U C D game. Last Wednesday night, um, and Mark Hugh was in top form, Ken. Whew. He was really, really slick. He got 1-6 from play, and CIT are playing, I think they're playing GMIT this Thursday night. But, yeah, like Cork, Cork haven't had many outings. They did play UCC in a, in a practice game, uh, yeah, the Cannon Cup game. I think they played Tip in a practice game lately. They might have played Wexford. But I suppose, like what I, like, just the bigger thing, I just heard Keith, Keith Rickon yesterday, Cork got a heavy defeat in the football against Roscommon, but he spoke about the new setup and the back room and people getting used to the new back room. Like I've counted of the six teams that'll play, there's probably a shake up with at least half of them, I reckon, with six of them. And Cork are no different there. Like the is the focal point, and everyone talks about the manager, but there's been a few big changes in the Cork back room in the last couple of weeks. Noel Furlong and Pat Mull have come in. Two really good guys for long who did great work with the underage and Pat, who was a brilliant player and has done some super incredible work with Newtown Chandram over the last few years. Um, so, like for for Cork and all the other teams that have backroom changes, you know, it'll it'll be, it'll be a big outing for all of them, and I think it'll be a case like Ken said, like you know, bad weather coming, but you still have to hit the ground fast, and players will have to get used to new styles and 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 new setups. Um, so from Cork's perspective, it's a case of. You know, just getting that blend right. I'm hearing that they're going to give some of the younger lads a go. Um, no, I'm not so sure what that means. Um, does that mean the Shane Barretts, the Padraig Powers, who are stepping up from the under twenties, will will get a bit of game time? I, I have no problem with that. To TJ's point, um, Marquine, are they going to give him? Well, obviously not Sunday, but like beyond this weekend's game, are they going to try and find more of a focal point in our half forward line? Shami Harrity is still playing great stuff, but. Do they need to get something different from our half forwards? Robbie Flynn is a great half forward. Luke Mee can play out there, but are they going to go with that six foot three, six foot four, and have an aerial bombardment down on top of him? So, from Cork's perspective, I think there's a, a good bit of work to be done this league campaign and a bit of searching and finding to be done. Um, but it'll be a great contest, Dale. It's five o'clock down in Parky Keith with the footballers yep. on after. There was seven and Will a half. Will we stay for that? Huh? Will we stay for that? Do you can stay at my place after? I should just bring him. Give me no harm there. I give you. I give you a bed and board. Cheap enough. The black rock. The black rock road. It won't come cheap, Dello. But we give you a bed and board. But it'll be a great atmosphere. Like the dike last Wednesday night was hopping. God, it, both sides. The ground was absolutely hopping. So I'd say, fellas are saying there could be fifteen thousand down there on Sunday. It's a double header with the footballers on after. So yeah. lights coming on. It'll be a great atmosphere. I'd say. Yeah, looking forward to it now, I have to say. And TJ, just on that, like, as a manager, I'd have to say with the dubs anyway, and with Clare, I suppose wasn't there's many lads involved when I was with Clare. Maybe they were a kind of an older setup at the time, but I used to say to the boys, like, 
you know, that this is your World Cup now, lads. If you're playing for UCD or DIT or whoever they were playing with, I'll be there to watch it. But don't be telling me that you didn't play well because UCD weren't going well or DIT weren't going well. This is your World Cup. I used to say, no, I won't be playing you in the World Cup. I won't be asking you to play Wednesday night and again on Sunday. And I, that's the way I used to do it. I, I never asked Liam Rush to play in the World Cup or Peter Kelly or these guys, you know, they were because they were playing colleges and I went to see their colleges matches and I used to love those colleges matches on Wednesday. Like they were, they were, you know, helter skelter matches. And uh, I, I, I always tried to give them that space. I appreciated that competition that they were getting to play at a huge standard and you were going to see them then on really top class inter-county players as well from other counties. What, how did you look at it now when you were with Limerick? Yeah, like we were looking at something different now, Dello. I think back then we you, you could look at you didn't play championship until maybe late May or June or whatever. So yeah. I do, I don't think it was as big a factor back then. Like just to look at some numbers, right, in terms of the weeks and stuff, right? From from next Sunday, the league final is nine weeks away, right? So you could have seven games to get to a league final. So it's nine weeks. The first round of the championship is only eleven weeks away, right? And even to go even madder again, right? The All Ireland final is fixed for Sunday, July the seventeenth, right? From next Sunday, that's 24 weeks, right? So you could potentially have 14 games. So this is all going to happen really, really, really quick. So just as Shawnee's point about new management teams or different people involved, right? You ain't going to get a whole lot of time to think here, right? Mm -hmm. And as well as that, what this also presents is there ain't going to be much room for training in this space, right? Or maybe kind of real high-intensity training, like we can go away and put a block together, right? So that's going to be interesting. The Fitzgibbon guys... Managing the load there is going to be a key factor for the SNC guys as to what can play or who can play. Because, like, if there's seven games potentially in the league and you throw in three or four or five Fitzgibbon games, you definitely don't want guys, well, certainly top notch first 15ers playing that many games in winter conditions. The other factors here in the league are Tony Kelly looks like he's going to miss the league for Clare, right? Yeah. Chef, um, what's going And Ed McCarthy is out for the year, like. Is he Okay. Cody won't have that uh, belly hail factor, certainly for the probably first three games, right? Then you get the belly gunner boys. Like, I think if belly gunner could win the All Ireland club title, I think that would do a huge amount for what for confidence. Like, mm. Ken was saying there about how important it is for club teams to go out and represent your county and just to give that feeling that we are at the cutting edge here. I think if belly gunner were, were to go on and win the All Ireland club title, I think it would do huge for Waterford hurling. And the last factor here is I think there's a huge appetite and hunger among supporters. Shy touched and could be 15,000. Having all these people back, big crowds at matches, maybe some of these winter condition contests. I think we could be in for a really, really good Alliance League coming up. I, I think some of the games, you're going to see plenty of the first 15, first 20 players playing. And to go back to your initial question is, I don't think you're going to see as much of the having a look as we might have seen in the league in previous times. I think by the time the first round championship comes here, it's coming quick. I think these new management teams will want to know their first 20 players. So that's what's in store for the next 11 weeks. And look, there, there, there isn't that many spaces for huge training. And I'm just mm. thinking, you know, if you were in a league final, which the league, the league final is fixed for the second or 3rd of April, that didn't go right for you. You have a two-week turnaround in the first round of the championship. Do you want to be in the league final? Yeah, that's a question. All right. I tell you, my, my first year in charge of Clare there, a week before we played Watford, the league final was on. 
and Galway beat the lard out of him inside Nikkei Crowns. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, we were flying it. Like, you know, and we'd nearly taken a dive in the semi final. And uh, Jesus, they beat the, they beat the shite out of us in Turtles. <laughs> they were, they were um, we were set up for it, I think. And, and, and of course, they had a great team back in 2004 as well. And, and uh, mm. we, we, we've, we've two groups of six, one A with obviously the games at the weekend, Galway and Offaly. Great see Offaly up there again. And the two Belly Hill legends will be meeting on the sideline again. Um, uh, Wexford and Limerick and Cork and Clare and then in 1B you have the Dubs and, and Waterford Leash Tip and Kilkenny Antrim so it, as you say TJ it's hard to know the dynamic of the whole thing who would you think lads would be wanting to win it and, and I, I think everyone would want to win it and I, I think Limerick have shown last couple of years win as much as you can while you're there and keep winning and, and you put doubts in everybody's heads like but who do you think would be set up to win a John Milan, My old buddy John Milan thinks what for their good bet that, that, that Liam will want to win the league, he'll want to get a trophy under his belt. And yet, in my mind, I suppose this, this match in Parnell Park because the dubs have been on fire in, in the Walsh Cup, and Matty looks to have settled on a few good few positions, obviously, going into his fourth year. And I think that match on Sunday is pivotal, like Parnell, the dubs, and Waterford. I think that's huge in that group. You'd fancy, I suppose, tip. Maybe to, to overturn Leash and to Kenny to overturn Antrim. So I think that Dubs Waterford game would be pivotal in that group, Shani. Yeah, it'll be a huge game. Um, I suppose the Dubs last year, I, I kind of predicted that they mightn't have had a, the best of year, say. Um, and then they went on and they contested a, a list of final and did okay against Cork after the championship. Um, yeah, yeah, and even and after, say, after the COVID thing as well for the Leinster final, it was very tough on them, you know, the four yeah, legs ruled out. Yeah, yeah. They performed admirably against Cork as well in the championship after. It was a couple of late rallies that, that got Cork over the line. I suppose the whole Waterford piece and the whole Liam Cahill connection is interesting, Dale. I, again, Ken would know way more than any of us, but you know, I did think the rumblings off season and the talk, you know, and after having a, a decent innings with Waterford last year, that he was set up for almost a tip job and it didn't happen. Um, obviously, Colin Bonner's in there and he's an experienced and a brilliant man and a great player in his, in his day. But I, I just wonder how aggressive did Tip go for him and was it as much Cahill wanting to stay with Waterford? Um, does he feel that they genuinely have a chance of winning an All-Ireland title? They'd, they'd be a team to me that will go, um, pardon the pun, but go balls out and try and win this National League. Mm. Like, it, I, I, I think the gap, and TJ so right, and the load and getting the physical conditioning right. I mean, teams have even gone down to the taking that sports psychology stuff so seriously. Cork have gone for Gary Keegan. I see Tony Oak has gone in with Offaly. Like, there's a reason for all that. We're all amateur guys doing this on an amateur basis, play the game on an amateur basis. So in addition to what TJ is saying, fellas have load to manage and work as well. We don't have mm. that recovery on a Monday after the heavy weekend. So the whole sports psychology thing has gone so, so serious. Um, it goes to show where our game has gone. I, I, I don't know. I, I think... The way it'll be set up and the way Cahill might have Waterford set up and all the other teams is that bring it on, bring on the games, get the victories, yeah. get the psychological thing into our heads that winning will breed this confidence. And I could see Waterford being a dark horse in this National League. I think Cahill will go, as I said earlier, balls out. I think they'll beat Dublin and I could, say, I could see them I could see them ultimately winning that group. Like Antrim mm. and Leash with respect, Tip coming through that bit of transition and getting used to Colin Bonner. Um, Kilkenny are always going to be a dark horse but in that 1B I could see Waterford really giving it a go and as TJ said if, if Ballygunner even though I've tipped Ballyhale if Ballygunner 
do get that win and he gets those Ballygunner fellas in later in the campaign, you know, that confidence and the buzz that will happen in the county if they win an All-Ireland club title, I could see Waterford being a dark horse for ultimate honours down the line in championship, but for certainly for league honours. Um, I could see okay. them having a good spend yet. Yeah, yeah, fair call. You agree with John Mullane and that. I think the dubs might might do them in, in Parnell, and I think they could have they could still be the top two, of course, to come out of the, the, the group. Does Ken could you pick a winner or who do you think would want it the most? I in Galway and the other division as well. Will Henry will be anxious, you know, as TJ alluded that Thomas's boys now are back after a little break, small break a week. Um and they hadn't you know, he he had a look at a lot of lads in the Watch Cup games. Um, but he'll be probably playing awfully now at the weekend. You'll see a more familiar look to the Galway team. Obviously, they have to introduce. They are in a bit of transition as well um, with, with some retirements and all that. But um, obviously, um, Henry will be anxious to get up going and, and get on. You know, when you're going in there, first into county management job, you want to go well. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're a very good game set up. Obviously, awfully, you know, or find their feet. Delighted to be back up in division. One B, I think um, Mick Finley's doing a good, solid job there. He's a solid group there. I saw, I went in and watched uh, the the Welsh Cup game live. Uh, Dublin and Offaly. I think Dublin, TG, you mentioned about the puck outs. Um, Dublin have Crummy and Danny Sutcliffe, savage men under the high ball. They law. they're getting mm-hmm. and Alan Nolan, who was playing that day, Sean Ben and Alan Nolan. Uh, but Alan knows that they're delivering top quality ball, catching ball, big rolling haze inside. There's a physicality about Dublin, and I would agree with you, Taylor. I think Waterford, obviously, you know, like, first of all, Sean, I don't think Waterford underdogs anymore are dark horses. I think I'd be fancying Waterford in the top three in the country at the moment and form with yeah. their top team um, themselves and Limerick, particularly, I think are very, very strong. So, I think Watford, there's a little bit of pressure on Watford this year. And Liam coming back, obviously, is reinforcing a lot of uh, faith in Watford hurling, and it's a boost. But now Watford have to produce the goods. And uh, Liam and Mikey, you know, the Mikey Beavens, they will be under a little bit of pressure to produce results for, for Watford this year. So that Dublin game is going to be interesting. But I think they're, both leagues are, are nicely set up. You know, um, Cork... We did mention uh, Johnny. I'm always onto onto Landers there. Where's Conor Lehan gone? But as you well know, he's yeah. back. And I heard he was absolutely on fire in that challenge game that you mentioned against the Brary. So I think Cork are getting their ducks in a row. I think they're setting up very well. They have a good backroom team. You mentioned about Mull uh, back in there, Farlong Null back in. I think Cork are the team that could be gunning for a league victory. To get a bit of confidence into the younger players, they now have the under-21 irons under their belts, and they're coming in in that situation that they can play at the at the at the top level. So I think it's going to be a very interesting league. And TJ's right; I think it's going to be ultra competitive. Teams will be out to stake a claim, and it's the games are going to be very attractive and very interesting. And I think, you know, there is a chance maybe to experiment a small bit, TJ, in some of the games. Some of the teams will take a chance, but you take. You take the whole league set up. To get to a league semi-final would be absolutely outstanding. To lose a league final two weeks before you go into a round robin, I don't know. And the congestion of the league with the players, you mentioned amateur players, but it's the team that will have 25, 26 players that can play at top level 
ultimately it will suit the stronger teams to have the strength and depth in their panels. Uh, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, I feel with the congestion of figure, uh, fixtures, there are going to be injuries picked up whether we like it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that was another Landers exclusive. He told us Connolly Hen was retired. That was another, that was another one of the classics. <laughs> and man, two, man, days man. Later, two days later, it was confirmed he was back on the panel. I've won up again with that one. <laughs> Just... Like I, 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 I There's won't do it out there, TJ. We could lose another high-profile. Yeah, I won't, won't do a Landers. I won't name names, but name anybody. You know, I, I, I did hear that there could be one or two high-profile tournaments during the weekend. You're, you're Nick of the Woods, Ken. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, I think Dublin have definitely fired a warning shot the weekend. They like said dead ready for the league mm. to score two twenty-nine this time of the year against Wexford. It's a fair performance, now. And I would yeah. say that they'll be looking and definitely Matty and given where he is in his management tenure, I think he will definitely be looking to be, make a statement in the league. And I just like from his point of view, Waterford first and then they bench him after that. And then they play tip in the third game. I think that he'll be looking to kind of get, get, get points on the board and get into the top two. Um, the other side, Cork and Clare, as without Tony Kelly and Aidan McCarthy, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Clare fare and can they get the scores to win these league games. So, like, Cork playing Clare at home, you'd nearly be fancying Cork to win there. And then Mac Cork Rogers, have Austin, Mac Rogers. Oh, Mac Rogers, he actually played very well for you well. But they have often in the second game. So they'll they, they be looking to make a statement there. The Galway one is probably intriguing. The boys have definitely looked at a lot of players, which are still going to probably see maybe a lot of the team. And they were very impressive in the league um, early doors last year. And I think maybe towards the end of the league, people were saying that Galway were the team best equipped mm-hmm. physically and hurling-wise to maybe tackle Limerick. So it'll be interesting to see how Henry gets on here. And, you know, when you go through the team and even talking to in the Mulder, it was McCarr with me the weekend and we were trying to pick the team for Galway. Like, still an awful lot of players there. Go to the forwards, heck, mm-hmm. uh, Connor Whelan, Brian Kilkenan, Niall Burke, Connor Cooney, um, Cahill Mannion, Parik Mannion, Evan Nyland, Joseph Cooney, a couple of really good young players there in uh, McLean and Gavin Lee, Finton Burke, Dahi Burke. They go to the Galway setup, right? It's the yeah. putting together of that. And I'm sure that those guys will want to make a statement in the league as well to say that they have a team to go to war with. But cer- certainly going to be very interesting. If you were asking me to call us. Yeah, watch. Just on that, TJ, just, I watched UCG and UCD actually. It was being streamed. And uh, the amount of Galway players that are there, like, you know, Keen. Keen obviously is a nice little throw in. Keane Lynch, Lynch yeah. he didn't break sweat and he got about five points from play <laughs> you know? but like as you said like when I was only going through the, there was a, there was a print off of the team on, on Twitter or something and just, there is a lot of players there huge amount of players there and I think um, as Kevin telling me there a couple of weeks ago there were about 47 players in their books in terms of having a look at so for Galway it's just trying to put those pieces of the jigsaw together to find out mm-hmm. who is ideally sits in where and maybe agree a centre line to say, right, this is what we're going to go to war with in 2022. That's the challenge for those guys. But certainly interesting. And look, the new managements and new management teams and trying to get some sort of a foothold. I think Cork play Limerick in the first round of the championship on April 17th, which is Easter Sunday. I'd say, even though Cork like to have a half of the league, I'm not sure. Let's say there's a possibility of Limerick being in the league final. Would you like to play him in the league, claim him in the league final, and then have him come in the first round of the championship? I don't know. We could get a bit cat and mousey towards could, the end of it. Could you win it with your B team, TJ Like that you sent up tennis there last week. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
there was a half back oh. line there of Colin Coughlin, Ronan Connolly, and Paddy O'Loughlin. And I'd say any of the three of them would have been number six for Clare on the day, possibly, you know, or any county. Uh, there's some amount of talent there at the moment. Like, look there at is. The and, and, and in fairness, we're, we're in a fortunate position. But at the same time, like, I suppose, like, we would have great respect for all these teams that are playing. And, like, no, the answer is with our second team, we wouldn't be good enough to win National League because there is serious competition here. I think, to be fair to the Limerick setup, they have the team playing in a way that when a guy comes into a position, that they kind of slot in seamlessly and they're able to do a job. Like, but you do need those big players and those key key players, and you'll see plenty of them throughout the league. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure John will will be having a cut off of this, and they'd like to win their games. And you know, they they, they start with an away fixture against Wexford this weekend, which historically has never been an easy fixture. So, you no, know, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a side fix and that try and win the game, and then they've got when the Gaelic grounds come in second. So. Yeah, pl- plenty to look forward to, and and and, and interesting and great for yeah, supporters, Wex- as I said, to go to games. Wexford with Dara taking over there, like him, mm-hmm. we wish him the best of luck as well. Good guy, great, great Holland family, and I suppose they, they were just reading a bit about the Welsh Cup and uh, looking at the highlights. It seems as if there's no sweeper now for the first time in five years, and there might take a bit of adjusting, you know, in in the style of play, Ken. You know that you are so used to a seventh man back there and then all of a sudden Dara's putting his own stamp on it playing different might take a bit of adjusting yeah it'll take a bit of adjusting Wexford are my dark horses to win the Leinster Championship would you believe it lads um, I feel that coming off the Davy era where they didn't produce the goods in the last couple of years had a couple of great years with Davy and didn't, didn't play well I think Paddy Foley coming back into the equation um, I think the O'Connors is coming into the equation up front. I just think that Dara is a very smart manager. I think he's put a good backroom team together. Um, usually your first year, you know, is really the year that you can get uh, that that twist out of the players. And I think Wexford, you know, need to make a statement now at this stage. So I think that those games against Limerick, Limerick coming down to play them, the sweeper situation, they could return to that very easily because mm. uh, he'd be very forward-thinking manager, Dar Egan, and I think he will also know that Kevin Foley can play that game very easily. Sean Murphy, they can play that game very easily. It's just to get that consistency into their play, uh, get playing up front. Remember, they were very close to beating, you know, uh, Kilkenny last year in that game. It, you know, it's a one-point game where a ball went over the bar and just yeah. put back in the net and didn't just signal the point. That was basically the difference uh, Wexford did everything better when it's up I'm expecting a good campaign from Wexford and I think uh, to start off against the you know which I think will be an experimental enough Limerick team as TJ said they're outstanding hurlers but yes you know when it comes to league and championship fair yeah you know you have to serve your apprenticeship as well so I think there's some some rippers of matches there coming up yeah and we haven't even really mentioned the Cats and we know that Mr Cody takes every game serious so <laughs> they'll Although they'd be down the belly hill, lads, for the first couple of games, probably, but uh, they'll still be, they'll still be Kenny. So we Westmead and Kerry down in Carlow, Kildare and Meath uh, in two A as well. And you know, lads, we've been so locked down for two years, even to see London, Lancashire, and Warwickshire back in the National League as well. It's a sign that things are really uh, lifting and mm-hmm. great games coming up the weekend, and we. we encourage people to get out and go to the games I think as well it's great great for us all um, obviously lads 
we had the show last Monday, so we we give it much. We hadn't air time to give it. Uh, but the fantasy hurling league, uh, I have my team in, uh, and Ken, you won it last year, the championship. So I'll be keeping an eye on what you put up there later on the week. Uh, on Rua lads, a great crack. We'll be having the mini league for Shawnee. I want the team in off you now. We'll be having the mini league and uh, for the experts that are on here on the Monday. Um, and uh, you won't be bottom, anyway, Shawnee. You won't be bottom. Landers will be bottom, Shawnee. Anyway, <laughs> so, our listeners, our listeners league and, and Butler Hurleys, um, and Warren Hurleys obviously will, will, will give us a few prizes there and great old crack in that as well. Hopefully, one of the the Monday crew on this show can get into near the top of that. <laughs> can you you give it a good rattle? All right, in fairness, Joe. The challenge TJ, the is, is to see who's going to be playing, Dale. Who's going to play the game? Yeah, you, yeah. You could you could have a fella there, right? Obviously, who's the first team player, but he might be playing three games, which is a killer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a good few teams going in, and and Tony Kelly at eleven. I presume they're dummy teams, or they're not really up to speed with who's injured, and who's not in church, you know. Uh, yeah, lastminute.com, yeah. last I think. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> um, yeah, and TJ, when you'd be having the family meeting, will you sitting down the selection committee there to pick the team? To, to be fair, I have a couple of very good experts in, in, in my house. The two, the two young fellas are very good. They'd normally be trying to have their finger on the pulse as to who could be playing and who would get a couple of games here and there. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Although, there was talk that they might branch out and put in their own team and, and, and put a challenge to me. So, I'll just tell you where the, where the house is at the moment. The Ryan household. The Ryan team. household, yeah. Exactly. Uh, league, but I should say. I was just wondering tactically, Dale, are we going to see anything different? Is there anybody going to try something that we haven't seen before? And, I was watching some of the NFL last night and just to see exactly. some of the different tactics and all those boys. How far away are we away from that, Shani? Where all the backroom team have an iPad and they're all hooked up with their microphone and they're all looking at the players and all that. She's yeah. mad. Because an awful lot of that NFL stuff trickles down to her in, in time. So It does. And and what's interesting even, TJ, um, like Dale was on about the number of players playing fits a couple of years ago. Derek McGrath got a bit of stick on the Sunday game about Kind of mentioning about the intellectual ability of the modern players, uh, but if you ever look at oh, the yeah. pen pictures, the, the amount of fellas that are into the American football, the, the amount Correct. of hurlers, phenomenal. I know a lot yeah. of fellas here say Fraggy and, and the boys. So, uh, Froggy's a huge um, Tom Brady fan, and um, he loves the American football as well. So, I think the modern player absolutely absorbs all that information, don't they? They almost they go looking for it, and in a weird way, again, <laughs> you now this is this. <laughs> This sounds like a complete old fart to be saying this now. But it's getting so advanced now as well. And it's starting to creep into the club game. I wonder, are there club guys that are almost a little bit reluctant to take on teams? Because are they getting this fear factor that, am I up to date with all this modern stuff? Am I up to date to the demands that the players are looking for? I just hope it doesn't get too far, too fast, too soon kind of thing. And doesn't deter from... The real diehard just getting back in and getting involved in the club scene. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, I, I, I came down for a quick point last night, just the one. Um, <laughs> and uh, two great uh, sports experts, um, John Downs and 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 Minnie Michael Minitor, and uh, they told me that Cincinnati had no chance in the first one. So <laughs> I don't know about all these tactics, Shawnee, but they're, 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 they can't. The underdog is in the final anyway, aren't they? And and they have to go. Where's it? Los Angeles? The final is on, is it? And they have to go the there. And play them in, in the right. it's, it's some show, the whole thing, isn't it? It's 
Ah, it is incredible. Ah, they do it in style, like a fair one. They do, they do. We're, we're giving up the water breaks, and they, they're roaring for timeouts, and, they're, and they're, <laughs> there's a flag on the play. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, and that's look, that's coming near the end as well. So, look, great stuff, lads. Great chat. I just, I suppose, I could do, lads, I could do about 25 of these, but it's been a lot of, of tragedy um, that I've heard of, and, and that but just obviously. Um, Give our sympathy, I suppose, to the, to the great Canning family uh, in Port Home. Now, near enough to you there, Ken Josephine. Obviously, she reared some 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 bunch of talented people. Uh, great, great family, and we we offer them our, our condolences. Yeah. And uh, just on a local level here, we, we lost a great old pal. Um, we buried him on Friday. We lost him to the Atlantic last week, but thank God we got him back anyway. Um, Paul Dillon, he he played soccer with us here. He played football for the Shannon Gales and. It was a long week on everyone around the place. Everyone's a bit shook after it, but um, I suppose more so to Roisin and to his son Thomas and his daughter Aoife, just to reiterate my condolences and, and the show's condolences and um, the wider Dylan and, and, and Vaughan family, um, great people, strong, strong all week and um, just not easy on everyone. So look, um, new week and I suppose look with it. Drive on, we look forward to the action coming up. There's an All-Ireland Club final. There's the LNS National League kicking off. or So, not kicking off, thrown in, I should say. Um, and we, we really look forward to it. And anything, TJ, have you anything? You usually have a photograph, photograph, fundraiser. JP no, Ryan was here. JP Ryan was here from, what's, pronounce it properly for me there, uh, Tom Devine's club, Ken. You're the man for this now. Mondeligo, is it? Mondeligo, yeah. Mondeligo, yeah. Tom Devine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's of JP and, and family fame as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> J- JP Ryan was here on Saturday evening for a couple of beers with his lovely wife, and they were staying in Innes, but they came back for an old drink with a great old chat. And so he had me putting up a retweet and a fundraiser that they're doing for the Camogie Club. I think there. So TJ, you definitely have one anyway before we go. I don't want, but I, I will have one or two coming because we have one or two big fundraisers, big fundraisers coming in Gary's Blandale, which I will be roping into at some point, but it's a bit early. What, what I will say is the weekend coming, there's great race in Leperstown. So I'm trying to choose between matches and trying to get to Leperstown for a day and picking, like, so massive weekend coming up. So um, I was just listening to the Leperstown boys talking about the ground, which people are giving out about. And I heard the manager saying that between... Christmas Day, I think, and this weekend, they got three millimetres of rain in Leperstown, which was an, an all-time low. So I think the ball will be hopping this weekend, both in Leperstown and in different places around the country. So plenty to look forward to. We'll give you, send him a text there and say, Ken Hogan said we're going to get a flood. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. We did manage to ramble on for an hour and a half again, but great stuff. Great, great to be back. And... Uh, Sure, I suppose we'll see you all again next week. Uh, great stuff, lads. Thanks a million for coming on board with us and uh, hope everyone has a good Monday. Thanks, Dan. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. A, a, a grain, all right. A, a grain, all right. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, There's a small bit of a needle there. Oh, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster.